Welcome to Mastering Midlife with Heidi. I'm Heidi, certified hypnotist and mindset coach, and in this podcast, I'm breaking down my secret code for midlife success. Are you trying to overcome people-pleasing behaviors, navigating divorce, living in debilitating self-doubt, or something else keeping you stuck? You're in the right place. I know that you're ready to get to the next level of your life feeling happy and fulfilled, so let's get started. Hey there, and welcome to episode four of Mastering Midlife with Heidi. This episode is releasing in February, the month of love, so I thought the topic of how to care for ourselves was fitting. Are you clear on what self-care is? I used to be very confused about it and see if this sounds like you. I thought I was practicing great self-care by eating healthy, taking time for a bath or pedicure, relaxing at the spa, getting a massage, drinking enough water, or doing things to treat myself special. Society also has us thinking that self-care is about getting away, taking a vacation where we get away from the stresses of everyday life, just escape from it all. It's like, Calgon, take me away. And it's easy to get caught up in this and call it self-care. But true self-care is not a goal, it's not a place to get to, and it's not about doing that special something occasionally to treat ourselves. It's also not about checking things off a list. Yep, drank water today. Yep, exercised. Yep, got to bed early. Check, check, check. Today we're talking about self-care, but not just any self-care, radical self-care, and why it's vitally important to your inner peace and living your very best life. So what do I mean by radical self-care? Stay tuned because in this episode, I'm sharing with you the four pillars that radical self-care is built on, and I have four questions for you that will have you seeing self-care, I hope, in a completely different way. Are you ready? Let's dive in. In our ever-busy lives, it's so easy to put what most of us consider self-care last in the lineup of priorities, right? Saying you'll do it when you have time. The needs of others typically come first, and then you use what time is left over for yourself, which a lot of times is none, right? Taking care of yourself happens occasionally and usually as an afterthought. And maybe taking time for yourself feels selfish. That word we were taught when we were young, that was so bad. Nobody likes someone who's selfish, right? Or maybe like I was, you don't even have a grasp of what truly taking care of yourself is. One of the biggest recurring themes I see with my clients is when they tell me how frustrated and resentful they are because they don't have time for themselves. They put themselves on the back burner and put everyone else's wants and needs ahead of their own. Then they share with me about their issues, health issues, chronic fatigue, frequent headaches or migraines, extra weight they can't seem to get rid of, lack of energy or motivation, inability to sleep, areas in their life where they are struggling and feel completely stuck. They're frustrated and resentful because other people demand too much of their time, or because everyone else seems to have life figured out. That's what they say. 
And they say, why can't I, why can't I get it figured out? A few years ago, when I was beginning to uncover how much I had abandoned myself with people-pleasing and putting everyone else's needs, feelings, and opinions above my own, I was telling my coach how frustrated and resentful I was from giving so much to everyone else and not feeling like I was getting the same back in return. So I get it. And she asked me this pivotal question, what are you doing currently to take care of yourself? And I happily and naively replied that I take baths, I read, I eat fairly healthy, and I get the occasional pedicure. I said something like that to her. And she sweetly pointed out that I was missing a slew of much more important self-care items. And I really had no idea then what she was talking about. I found out I had no clue how poorly I was taking care of myself because I didn't even know what taking care of myself really meant. I had focused so much my whole life on other people that I had no clue what it meant to take care of myself. I thought it was doing all the physical things that I was doing. But over time, I figured out the formula for radical self-care, and I'm sharing it with you in this episode. Today, I'll teach you four key areas to focus on for what I now consider true self-care, radical self-care, based on my own experience, and four questions to ask yourself to evaluate how you're doing in the area of self-care. So in order to understand self-care better, I looked up the definition, and Oxford said, it's the practice of taking action to preserve or improve one's own health. So when you hear this definition, if you're like me, you probably think of physical health, things I mentioned earlier, like eating right, working out, getting enough sleep. I thought doing these things meant I was giving myself great self-care. But another definition says self-care is the practice of taking an active role in protecting your own well-being and happiness. Aha! This gives us a completely different picture of self-care, right? Protecting my own well-being and happiness is night and day different from what I used to think self-care was. And when we combine the two definitions, it's easier to understand that we're talking about not only physical health, but mental, emotional, and spiritual health as well, and maybe even more so than physical health. Dr. Mark Hyman, a leader in the field of functional medicine and the founder of the Ultra Wellness Center, says, you cannot live a happy, healthy, fulfilled, and long life while neglecting to nourish your mind and spirit. Nurturing inner peace, happiness, and contentment in your life, this is the goal. This is true self-care. So this tells us that self-care is about so much more than just the physical pieces. I believe that the way we get to radical self-care is through four key components. These are the pillars, the foundation that self-care is built on. The four components are self-respect, self-integrity, self-acceptance, 
and self-compassion. Without all of these being strong and sturdy, the healthy, happy, fulfilling life you're seeking will continually feel just out of reach, like someone keeps moving the bar. These four are the foundation of self-care. And here are the four questions to ask yourself to rate how you're doing in the self-care game. And as I'm going through these questions, keep in mind that these are focused on the four key pillars I just mentioned, respect, integrity, acceptance, and compassion. Question number one, am I comfortable setting healthy boundaries? As little girls, we were taught to be nice and sweet. We learned to people please and be agreeable. And in my household, selfish was a dirty word. And then we grew into adult girls who think we have to do it all, say yes to everything, and never let anyone down. But when we don't set some boundaries and put ourselves first sometimes, and yes, if that means being selfish, that's what I want you to do, life gets severely out of balance. You get frustrated and exhausted, and you resort to wine and chocolate in the bathtub and call it self-care. And believe me, I've been there. Stop worrying about whether people are going to like you. You have to say enough is enough, draw a line in the sand, and learn that it's okay to say no sometimes to everyone else and put yourself first. The only person who really needs to like you is you. Boundaries are a great way to be in integrity with yourself, and give yourself acceptance, respect, and compassion. This is radical self-care. Before I go on to question two, which is about the roommate in your head, so stay tuned, let's take a quick 60-second break. I know what it feels like to be overwhelmed, exhausted, disappointed, and resentful from putting everyone else's needs ahead of your own. I've spent the last decade figuring out how to overcome people-pleasing and put myself first without feeling guilty or selfish through therapy, Codependence Anonymous, self-help books, courses, and lots of blood, sweat, tears, and money. And I created a powerful methodology to live in radical self-trust, confidence, and joy. Inside my Thrivers program, I walk you through this exact methodology. Let me save you the struggle, frustration, time, and money I went through in order to live life by your parameters. I'll accelerate this process for you inside Thrivers. This is a small group program that starts the end of February 2023. The link is in the description to register. Now back to the episode. As I was saying, do you sometimes think you have a roommate in your head? So question number two is, Do I have primarily positive self-talk? Have you ever really stopped to listen to what you say to yourself over and over and over again? If you listen, it's almost like you have a roommate in your head and she's constantly chattering. It's nonstop and 80% of it is negative. Sometimes it feels like she just won't shut up, right? But you don't have a roommate. That's actually you thinking those thoughts, running the same programming day after day. 
The thing is, your magnificent mind thinks the things you say to yourself are important and true. And its job, your mind's job, is to bring you experiences as proof that you're right. So if you say to yourself, I'll never be able to lose weight, or I'll always be broke, or I'm no good at this, your subconscious believes you and then seeks out more of the same so that you can be right. Is that really how you want to be right? It keeps you from losing weight. It keeps money from going into your bank account. It keeps you experiencing proof that you're no good at something. And it sounds strange, right? But that's how powerful your mind is. That's how powerful your thoughts and words are. Checking all the boxes of what you think is good self-care doesn't work for long anyway because of the mental chatter, this stinking thinking. It will keep you from feeling good about what you're doing anyway, and you'll beat yourself up for any stumble that you make along the way. But the beauty of our brain also is it has what's called neuroplasticity, which is a fancy way of saying that the brain can form and reorganize connections and learn new ways of being through consistent repetition. You can actually train your brain to cut out the negative self-talk and replace it with empowering words. You can teach an old dog new tricks. Isn't that cool? Showing yourself compassion and acceptance by committing and actually taking the time to train your brain to use positive words is radical self-care. Question number three, do I plug my energy leaks? Now, what do I mean by this? Not doing things you know need to be done creates negative energy within you. This could be something like not going to the doctor or dentist when you feel that you really need to go, which was the case with one of my clients. She came to me because she wanted help to feel more healthy overall, and she rated her health at a 5 on a scale of 1 to 10. She looked fairly healthy and happy and was a very successful executive businesswoman. So I was curious why she rated her overall health so low. I asked her to list what contributed to her five rating, what was making her rate it so low, and the main thing she said was she had put off going for her annual exams, you know, like all the fun stuff that we women go through, and she had put it off for years because she was afraid they would find something wrong. And she carried this energy with her because it was impossible to ignore. Every time you see yourself in the mirror, you imagine that something's wrong inside. And so it's impossible to get rid of those thoughts until you actually take care of them. And it could also be something like putting off seeking help for your anger or anxiety issues, for your sadness or lack of motivation, or for your difficulty in communicating your needs or your lack of boundaries. Putting things off means you continue to dwell on it, and that just creates more negative energy inside. You don't do the thing because you're avoiding something you're not wanting to face. And that negative energy just keeps building and building 
until the thing you're avoiding becomes something far worse in your head than it will actually turn out to be. You get paralyzed by the fear because of how bad you've imagined it to be. Another cool thing about your subconscious mind is that it has no clue between something real and something imagined. You can think about something chasing you and your mind will believe you and go automatically into fight or flight to protect you. So when you hold this negative energy, your body is in fight or flight a lot. And this pumps out hormones, one of which is cortisol, which over time causes us to hold on to belly fat. But that's an episode for another day. Stay tuned. It's coming soon. So not taking care of things and holding on to negative energy means that fear is in the driver's seat. You carry around this energy wherever you go, and it poisons everything in your world. Not working on yourself and the things in your life that need taken care of causes you to leak energy. Take action, a small first step on whatever it is you're avoiding. Make that appointment, have that conversation, ask for help. Acting in this way is staying in integrity with yourself and is a great way to radically care for yourself. By the way, my client booked appointments right after our call, and she told me later that just making the appointments was like opening up the valve on a pressure cooker. And the next time I saw her, she was free of that negative energy because she went to the appointments and found out that nothing was wrong. Question number four. Am I my own source? What do I mean by that? It's time to stop looking outside yourself for things. Approval, validation, cheerleading, comfort, soothing, grace, wisdom, decisions, your value, feelings of worthiness, acceptance, unconditional love. These all start from within. They come from within. And when we look outside ourselves to determine our value and worth, we will always feel less than. We will never live up to what we think other people think we should be. Until you start sourcing these things from within, you'll seek out people to try and get these things from them. And then when they don't respond like you want them to, It just reinforces the story you have of not fitting in, not doing enough, not being worthy or not being good enough, and the vicious cycle just continues. It takes awareness and practice to give these things to yourself, and it takes a mindset that you're worthy of them. Radical self-care is doing what it takes to know your worth and value. Start trusting yourself and standing in your own power. You are a divine human being who is worthy of it all. So, what do you think? How sturdy is your self-care foundation? What pillars need the most attention from you? Acceptance, respect, integrity, or compassion? They are all key components to the self-care puzzle, so you can't leave one out without affecting your whole being. If this episode made you realize you have a ways to go for radical self-care, remember that this isn't really your fault. 
As women, we're ingrained with the programming that love means self-sacrifice. The messaging has been that everyone else comes first and you need to put yourself last, on the back burner, and you've created the habit then of doing just that. That's what it is, a habit. But in order to truly be there for your family and friends, your cup needs to be full first. And a full cup comes from practicing the four pillars every day. You're the only one responsible for filling your cup. And I understand that it's easy to say, I don't have enough time. Other people need things from me. I have too many other things to do. And I also understand that you have beliefs that may be keeping you stuck in those behaviors. Beliefs like, it's not okay to put yourself first. Other people will judge you as selfish if you do. The belief that there's too many things to do and you need to be the one to do them or they won't get done. The belief that nothing you do is ever good enough. And the belief that you don't deserve relaxation or abundance or happiness. Remember, self-care is not about doing something to escape from your life. Radical self-care is about building a life that you have no need to want to escape. It's about creating inner peace, happiness, and contentment in your everyday life, however that looks to you. And I guarantee that no amount of spa days and petties will create that kind of deep fulfillment for you. Remember, the foundation of true self-care stands on four pillars, self-respect, self-integrity, self-acceptance, and self-compassion. And radical self-care can start today with taking a new action on any one of those. Which one are you going to start working on first? I'd love to know. And if any of this resonates with you, reach out to me. I've coached others to have radical self-care and taught them the tools and techniques to build their strong foundation. After working with me, one client said, I'll admit I was a little scared of what change might look like, or honestly, was I even capable of changing? I always questioned, was it in me to be the person I really wanted to be for my spouse kids, family, friends, and coworkers. Thanks, Heidi, for all you've done to improve my self-confidence, self-esteem, boundaries, and my self-worth. Life is good. Through working with me in 10 weeks, this client went from poisonous self-doubt to radical self-acceptance. If you're ready for that, book a call with me to see if it feels like a fit. This clarity call is complimentary, so what do you have to lose? Connection is one of my top five values, so I'd love to hear from you about what you learned about self-care. DM me on Instagram or join my private Facebook community. Both are Mastering Midlife with Heidi. And if you got value from this episode and know someone would get value too, I'd love for you to share it with them. Because when we grow and expand and help others do the same, the world becomes a better place. And until the next episode, remember, no amount of self-care is selfish. Thank you for spending time with me today. To continue on your journey of mastering midlife, click the link in the description to download my free guide, 20 Ways to Say No Without Feeling Guilty. See you in the next episode.